been here for a little bit, you, you might have been with us as we journeyed through this. And I'll just say, like, over time, we've kind of come to a place to really begin to, I think, um, see the Lord work in some beautiful ways in, in, in the way that He's speaking to us. And I, I know just for me personally, for a while, it was sort of a scary thing, even that word prophetic. Like, it wasn't a word that I felt comfortable to say. And maybe for some of you, it still doesn't feel that way. Um, but I just want to encourage you. I really think there's something good that the Lord is doing here as it relates to us growing in who He wants us to be and being aware of what He's doing even in advance. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. Um, let's go to Genesis. Okay, Genesis 28. I'm going to read this passage, and um, I think there's some things we can pull from this. It's, uh, it's this moment where Jacob has this interaction with God. He has this dream, and uh, I'm just going to read it. It's a little long, so bear with me, but we're going to just start at verse 10 of chapter 28 and read this dream. Jacob has this encounter with the Lord. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out from for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. I'm just going to say that that um, sounds painful. I went camping this past week, and there were some rocks underneath me, and it did not lead to good sleep much less the kind of sleep that you you would be able to have a dream with the Lord. <laughs> so this is really a miraculous moment. I just want to point that out. He puts a rock under his head as a pillow and he goes to sleep and he has a dream in which he sees a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. And all the rocks will be yours. Um, amplified version. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Say, so what, what I have promised you? What I have promised you. All right, let's try that again. Say, what I have promised you. You know, the Lord has promises for us. He has plans for us. He has things in His heart for His people. And one of the ways that He wants to reveal those things is through the prophetic word. In this case, it was a dream. But this dream is really just a, a moment where God can communicate something to Jacob that he wants him to know, that he wants to begin to prepare in his heart for him. You realize that God could have done everything he said in this promise without coming to Jacob in a dream, but he does. And it's because I think there's something about this relationship with God where he, he, he wants us to know, first of all, that He has good things for us. And with that, he, he wants to get our attention about who He is and about His interest in our lives and about the 
care that it has for us. And with that, he also wants us to know that there are promises ahead, there are good things ahead, and there, there's something in that interaction for us as well. So this is about relationship. The prophetic is about relationship with the God who speaks to people. That's good news. And I remember even when we started to kind of take some baby steps and say, um, okay, God, we, we, we believe you want to speak. And we believe you might even want to speak right now. That, that was sort of the beginning of seeing the prophetic actually begin to happen in your midst. It was this realization that, yes, God speaks, and now does he speak? His, his thoughts for us are abundant. His words for us are abundant. He wants us to know. He wants us to know. So this dream is actually, to me, it's, it's evidence that God wants Jacob to know his thoughts, his plans, his desires, his goodness, his promises. What's Jacob's response? This is when he awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. See, he has a realization of the presence of God. He has a realization that God is near him, that God is with him. And he wasn't aware of that before. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and he set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel. Though the city used to be called Luz, then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household, then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. So we see that there's this interaction between Jacob and the Lord, and, and the Lord is speaking purpose into his life, and speaking his promises for the future into his life, and it stirs something in Jacob, it moves something in him, and it first starts with this realization that God, you're with me. And I think that's actually why the, the um, why Paul says to me, you desire the gifts, especially that you have prophesied, because there's this edification that we need, which is this realization that God, you're with us. God, you know us. God, you're concerned about us. God, you have our best interest in mind. You're looking out for us. And you know what's ahead. And you're working, you're working this out for our good. That's one of the things that happens very powerfully because of the prophetic. And so you realize God is with them, and then there's this there's this response. There's this, actually, there's this, um, there's something that Jacob is moved to do because of what God And I want to I just kind of get into that a little bit because I think that's the place where it is um, something that we do to steward what God is doing. Something we do to steward what God is saying. And it's not supposed to be this, um, like, God speaks a word and now it's up to me to make it happen. But in fact, it's actually this place of being moved by the fact that God 
is communicating with us and inter interacting with us, and we're moved in that to, to actually care about what he's saying and to protect it, to take care of it, to cherish it. Um, where's that verse? 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 22. Do not put out the Spirit's fire, or do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything and hold on to what is good. Avoid everything. Just throw that one in there for uh, extra measure. You might, you might have heard that verse before. Do not despise prophecy, but hold on to what is Test everything and hold on to what is good. I think if you flip that upside down, um, the other side of that is actually um, cherishing. It's, it's actually um, having a place in your heart for when God speaks to say, God, I'm, I'm listening, I'm paying attention, I, I, um, I care. And I think sometimes there's, there's sort of this range, like this is sort of the extreme. And you might say, well, I don't really despise prophecy. Um, some of us just might not really know what to do with it. <laughs> um, we might be somewhat suspicious of it. We might be confused by it. We might be uncertain about it and wondering uh, what role it has to play. But there's this place where we get to where actually we, we say it's good. And I know that um, it's a good place to be in, that you want to speak to that you want us to know what you're doing. And it's a place of actually not, not despising but the opposite to actually cherishing what God's saying. I believe the Lord wants to get us there. Um, okay.
Um, we've got a lot of ways to do that. You know, technology's come a long way since the time of remembering with rocks. Um, but if we're not cherishing the word, it's easy to forget. It's just actually not necessarily about. Um, it, it, it actually can come back to whether we actually care about what God is saying to begin with. And if, if we do care, then we'll actually we'll take care of that word, if that makes sense. And so I guess there's a question there. Um, have we come to a place where we're saying, God, I want to cherish what you've said and what you're saying? And if so, then I think there's a place there where we actually need to implement on a really practical level ways that we're doing that. And so that might be as simple as just writing it down. Like the rock is, is kind of that, it's recording this moment that Jacob had with the Lord. And, and so if you have written things down, that the Lord has said, you know, if you, if you sit down with Him, you're about to have your quiet time, and you're like, God, I want you to speak. Well, in a moment where, you know, you might hear from the God of the universe, it would be good to have a pencil or a pen or your memo uh, on, your, on your phone handy and ready for when you speak. That kind of suggests that you, you actually um, care. <laughs> Unless you just have a really good memory. And, and I know for me, on like the lazy days, I'm like, I get my journal, I'm already He's saying, I want you to remember what God already has 
so that it actually give you strength to keep going. So revisit the words. Revisit what God said. Maybe, maybe it's not a prophetic word. Maybe it's even just something that has spoke to you through a message or spoke to you through your time with Him in, in the Word and reading Scripture that was important to you, that had meaning for what was ahead. Revisit those things. It produces something in us when we do. It actually produces um, faith. It actually um, produces gratitude. It produces thanksgiving. It, it reminds us that even while we might be in this place of waiting for something to happen, that things have already happened. And those things we can, we can be thankful for. We can be grateful for it. It produces something in us. It actually affirms the faithfulness of God in our lives. God, you did that. You promised it, and then you held true to your word. So, go back. Revisit those sins. If you haven't been keeping track, start to keep track. It's how we steward the word. Um, I'm reminded of a word that God spoke in that way, and um, it was a couple years ago, probably four or five now. I remember it was one of the first times anyone had ever given me a prophetic word, and it was kind of out of the blue. We weren't yet moving in that together. And I was just at this event um, helping out, and this random kid came up to me and starts to share um, some things. And one of the things he said is, he said, I, I feel like um, you're really going to get to know the heart of the Father, and that's going to become a significant part of the church that you're in and what God is doing in your midst there. And you're going to help introduce people to the heart of the Father. And, um, it, it got my attention. It really stuck with me. There was something about it. It was a simple thing, but it, it, it I just felt like, God, I want that. God, if that's you, um, then I want to see that happen. But you know, it's kind of funny because I didn't quite know what to do with that word. Um, I didn't really know how to steward it. So I just thought, okay, I'm going to go home and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my Bible. What is your heart in this? What is your heart in this? And it was very kind of um, mechanical. And I wasn't getting any answer, and I was kind of frustrated. <laughs> like, this doesn't make any sense. And it was after, I don't know, some period of time that I felt like the Lord um, spoke into that word to get more clarity into it. He said, he said um, you're going to know my heart because it's going to be revealed to you just as you're walking as you're getting to know me and, and that's actually, it's, it's not this thing that you add as a question in your study time. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's the process that I'm reading through and walking with me. And, and all of a sudden it started to make sense. And I feel like this is thing that's continued to unfold. Um, and I, I feel like it was a shift in my relationship with God that, that happened in the season after that. But it started with that word. And uh, I didn't even know what to do with the word, but as I began to track it, take notice of it, it began to happen. I can look back and I can say, 
God, like you've been so faithful to bring that word to pass. And to and to really bring it into this community together. I feel like it's something we've been journeying um, journeying on together. Um, so what are the words that God's been speaking? And how are we revisiting those? Um, there's a couple of things that I think happen as we revisit the words that God has spoken. Um, one of the things is we find that those words actually are uh, ways that God wants to sustain us right now. So again, if the prophetic is for encouraging, strengthening, and um, comfort, then actually when we revisit, um, there are words that are now for us that God has spoken in the past that are actually we're in the middle of those words. And so they're not just words that have happened before and words that will happen in the future, but there are words that are actually part of where we're at right now, the season we're in. They have significance in this time. And so there's something that actually happens when we revisit those words that it actually strengthens us for now. It strengthens us for the time that we're in. It encourages us that, yes, um, God knows what's happening, and it's coming to pass, just as he said. Uh, for me, an example of that was, was, actually, um, was actually our son's name. Um, if I, I, I've shared this story a few times, but uh, a month before we, um, we got Jonathan, um, the Lord gave me that name in prayer. And, um, the day before he showed up at our house, um, that came back to mind, and, and the Lord said, that's, that's going to be his name. And so I told Maria, she was kind of surprised by that, because we had other, other names in mind. And um, that day we looked it up, because I didn't know what that name meant, and it's her brother's name as well. So she just thought, wow, we want to we name him after my brother that's, that's so sweet. Um, but no, God said this, and I looked it up, and it means Yahweh has given. And uh, we've been praying about starting a family, and we've been praying for a placement. We were in foster, an adoptive um, process, and have become a resource parent. And I was freaked out, because I'm, I'm saying, God, um, I know you're in this, I know you want to do this, but... You have our yes, but I'm scared because I don't know how are we going to know that it's the right placement, and we're supposed to say yes to it, and this is some something you're in. And I felt like that day when we got the meaning of that name, it was as if God said, I've got this, I'm doing this, I'm with you, I'm putting this child in your home. And, uh, and, and that name um, even before um, the, the lawyer said, you know, he, the lawyer's told us actually you probably shouldn't call him that until later on because we don't really know what's going to happen. And, and I know Maria was kind of upset when they said that. I wasn't there, so I, I didn't have a chance to be upset in person. But later on that day when, when she told me that, I was kind of defiant. <laughs> I was like, I don't care what that lawyer says. And I, I don't really get like that, okay? But but I just felt really strongly that it was significant that we hold on 
to this name as a word from God. And you know, to be honest, we didn't know um, we didn't know what was at that, but I did know that God, you're gaining this and you've, you've given it to us for however long that is. And so we're going to hold on to that. And so that word, which was his name that we woke up every day calling him from that point forward was actually a sustaining word for us. And it was like this. It was a roller coaster. And I just kept coming back to that. God, you gave us this. God, we're going to believe you. We're going to let it sustain us for today. Um, not knowing what's ahead, but from now to now. You're with us. And so one of the things that happens when we revisit those words that God gives us, um, we might realize they're actually now words, and they're words to sustain us for the season that we're in. And there's significance in that. There's life in that. There's, there's the ability to actually bring faith into us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Another thing that happens when we revisit those words is we might realize that the words that have yet to pass. The promises though. Promises that have yet to be fulfilled. And you know, um, I feel like there's something there where God is saying, I want to invite you into my promises in a way perhaps we haven't been involved. And so there's this stewarding of the promises. So we come back to those words that he's spoken, and when we realize that those words haven't happened yet, just as it was for Jacob, so it is for us. God said, I am promising this to you. And the prophetic is actually the place of God promising to his people. And that's why we test those things, and yes, there's times where it's like, oh, is that really you, God? But when, when God says something to us about what's ahead, it's a there's something that God actually is inviting us into because of that promise. He's inviting us to take Him at His word and to believe Him for that promise. Just as He is faithful. To say, God, you said this. So let it come to pass. When you come to the things that God has spoken to you that have not yet happened, it's an invitation to cooperate with God in the promises that He has spoken into your life about what's And again, I think the first thing that we have to do when we're faced with that is, is to actually choose to believe that word. Not to despise, but to actually believe and cherish, to say, God, if you if you said this, if this is from you, that's gonna happen. And I want to partner, I want to partner my faith to this word. I want to partner my life to this word. I want to actually position myself in belief. As if it were already done. That's, that's the prayer. And you see, there's, there's something, there's an aspect You know, God can still do it, even if we're not in that place. But, but there's actually, there's something beautiful that happens when we participate with Him in it. 
It's actually, I think, the place where God wants to invite us into our prayer life, actually taking on a deeper significance. Our prayer life having some substance that maybe it's missing. This is what I mean by that. When we realize that God has promised things to us, then actually those promises are, are the invitation for our prayers. They are meant to be the subject, the content of our prayers. And our prayers can be bold, because we're actually just repeating back what God has already said to us, and we're saying, God, I agree with it, and now I'm actually, I'm reminding you that you said it. Are you with me? You can do that. I know you might think, is that allowed? God actually, he's pretty happy when you remind him of something he already said. It's not like he forgot, but he's like, yes, you get it. You're coming into agreement with me now. I remember, in fact, and I'm going to do it. It's the asking knock of Matthew 7. I think it's actually the place where we take the promises and we continue to ask and we continue to seek. We, we continue to knock on those doors and we say, God, you said it, so let it come to pass. One last thing, I think, as we find ourselves revisiting what God has said, I think there is often a place of action for us, and I think there's a question that's valuable. It's just asking the question, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? It may be something to play into, but it may be something to move on. You know, when God says something, Saying, I want you to actually take steps as if this is going to happen. Plan for it. Prepare for it. Act on it. That's actually what faith is supposed to lead to. When we believe that a word is true, then, then actually we begin to position our lives um, to act on it and to be ready for it to happen. And so I think there's something there where um, it's, it's God is doing his part and we're doing our so maybe just asking, God, what do you want me to do with this? Alright, um, we're gonna wrap up and I just wanna wanna um, I just wanna wrap up by saying, you know, most of this is about revisiting things that God has already said, but I do think there's value in um, maybe maybe it's actually just starting today to say, God, I I want to I want to give you a place in my life for you to speak in this way. And I want to hear from you in this way. And um, I want to actually have things in the future to look back on and to um, pray into and to say that these are the promises that I'm waiting for and holding on to. These are the things that God has spoken that are sustaining me. And so um, I just want to invite us to to act on that. Um, so whether it's revisiting or it might just be asking someone as prayer on your behalf to listen on your behalf um, for a word. Um, maybe you maybe you don't have one to go back to per se. And maybe it's actually something that God wants to speak um, new for this season. So um, I want to pray into that.
Father, we thank you for your favor. Father, we thank you that throughout history, just as you did with Jacob, you've done with your people. And you do today, God, you intervene, you step into our midst and our spirit. You want to get our attention. He wants to know you. He wants to know your thoughts and your plans. So you've given us, among other things, this gift of prophecy. And God, it's our desire to see it flourish. That's my prayer that in this church, God, we would, um, we would continue to go deeper with you both in, in listening for others and being ready to receive and in cherishing what you've already spoken and asking the direction of how to respond to you. So I pray today for deepening deepening that in our lives. Pray for a renewed um, cherishing of your word in our lives, God. So that when you speak, we would, our, our hearts would be open to it, God. We would be ready to receive it, God. We would be ready to nurture those words. But I pray that when you speak as we are Practicing misgiving, God, that we would find ourselves returning to the things that we've already done with a heart of misgiving, a heart of prayers, a heart of gratitude. We would see your face.